Hi, this is Kelly O'Donnell, and I want to welcome you to part two of the Into Integrity Fast. It has been about five and a half months since I last did a podcast. Great to be going through part two now of the fast. I am fasting for a number of reasons, but first of all, I want to call attention to and confront the lack of disclosures by specific organizations, leaders, and people affected by the international Nordic capital investment fraud, and then the related dismissals that Michelle and I have received. I'm really fasting for genuine contrition, and I'm really striking for resolute action within the church commission community. So it's essentially the same as what I was doing about uh, five and a half, six months ago. This first session, I want to name some specific names because I believe it's really important from the start that we know who we're talking about and why even 12 years later, after a series of things that unfolded in confrontations, in judgments, in investigations, and so forth, why it still has not been settled and why people still need to come forth and disclose what really happened and how they can really help. So this material in this first episode is not really scripted. I just want to speak from my heart. And as I shared in the previous uh, Into Integrity Fast, some of the scripture that has just been so central for guiding us and encouraging us over the last 12 years or so uh, come from the book of Luke and the book from uh, book of Matthew in the message translation. Jesus says, don't be intimidated. Eventually, everything is going to be out in the open and everyone will know how things really are. So don't hesitate to go public now. Don't be bluffed into silence by the threats of bullies. There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God who holds your entire life, body and soul in his hands. Your task is to be true, not popular. It's who you are, not what you say and do that counts. Your true being brims over into true words and deeds. So let's go back to the third podcast I did in June 2019, earlier this year. And the theme, the title was Praying Good for People and Naming Names for Good. Very important to let people know exactly who is who in the unfinished business of Nordic Capital Investment and the dismissals that we received. And I would go down to the beach I mentioned uh, every morning down the road here uh, where I am, Michelle, and I would pray for people, uh, gracious prayers. Praise of blessing, praise for uh, prayers for mercy, and hoping and praying that God would change people's heart, that they would feel contrition, that they would see what's going on, that they'd even repent in many cases and publicly get things right with their responsibility to disclose and to undo the wrongful dismissals that we received. So I did that every day, walking down to the beach, praying, but you know, not prayers of vengeance, but prayers of grace. I also mentioned how Paul named names. In the book of 2 Timothy, he named a number of people, most of who had deserted him, actually, his colleagues at his time of his first offense. He even mentions one person by name Alexander who did great harm to him, saying that, quote, the Lord will requite him for his deeds. And then mentioning in the book of Galatians how Paul even confronted Peter, the pillar of the church, uh, publicly, face-to-face, for his hypocrisy. So Paul gives a great example, in many cases, as do others, of naming names for the sake of good and for the sake of preventing a distortion or perversion of the gospel and of the, the morality that was really necessary to uh, represent one's faith uh, with integrity.
I want to turn our attention now to three public materials that name names for the good. First is the Shine the Light Together petition and its signatories, which has been in circulation since 2012. Second is the Petra Statement from 2012 and its signatories. And the third referred to the materials on the Petra People weblog and Petra People website. The primary organizations that are being referenced here, uh, first, Mercy Ministries Associations. Uh, these were related associations in France, Holland, and Switzerland. They were set up in 1994-1995, and they're directly related to Le Rocher in France, which was a hub where a lot of the NCI promotion and activity happened. Second, the New Generation Foundation, which is a foundation and account set up in 1997 at a Liechtenstein bank by a major YWAM and Le Rocher uh, leader, Eric Sprout, over time, documented it received hundreds of thousands of NCI euros and dollars, and the question continues to be, where is the money? Including, according to the Swedish court documents, at least $160,000 of money related to our, quote, investment into NCI, our meaning my family. Third, Youth with the Mission International. We know that major YWAM leaders invested since at least 1996, and in YWAM projects received NCI-related money. YWAM leaders in the International Frontier Missions Leadership Team, the Global Leadership uh, Forum, I forget what the name is for it now, Mercy Ministries International, etc. YWAM leaders, YWAM donors internationally, etc. You are all urged to get informed, and some of you already are, and together call for an internal and an independent review of how YWAM has been affected and how it has responded to this date or hasn't responded. And we encourage you like we would uh, encourage any organization and people in light of a good practice and biblical principles, we would encourage you to persevere until such reviews are done. When will at least one person do this? Third, Mercy Ships International, which is based in Texas and including Mercy Ships in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, and France. So we know that an Austrian court document from 2001 and other Swedish documents indicate that Mercy Ships, which was part of YWAM until 2003, was to benefit from NCI funds related to a $3 million U.S. dollar transaction that was frozen by the Austrian government in November 2001. What was that about? Also, money related to the Oak, uh, Oak Foundation matching grant for Mercy Ships, $10 million. What was that about? And was this frozen transaction and other things how was that related, if at all? There is some evidence to point to the connection. Third, Youth for Christ in Cope, Switzerland. The name YFC and its physical address in Switzerland were used for a substantial amount of NCI-related correspondence by Eric Sprout, who was actively involved in NCI, but not part of YFC. Why did this happen? And where is the documentation to help explain what's going on? I note that YFC is a reputable, respected organization. Churches in Holland and France are another category, and one example that we have been asking for disclosures and for accountability and transparency is Crossroads uh, International Church in Ferney Voltaire, France, where a number of the uh, members of the church and past members and people that attended had been offered this and some even invested 
uh, in the NCI fraud. And then there's finally individuals, families, ministries, projects, charities, foundations, and many other organizations that have somehow been involved. Maybe they benefited or they were asked to please investigate and either never disclosed or never fully investigated. And just the overlap and people being in each other's pockets are not really being clear about what they did and why that would be nice for that to come to light so we could all learn from. So who are some of the people we're praying for? Who are some of the people we continue to ask for assistance? Who are we asking you and the Christian and mission community to pray for and to hold accountable? I think first and foremost would be Christian Westergaard, who was a mastermind in the overall NCI fraud, who was convicted of gross international intentional fraud and imprisoned, sent to prison and asked to repay, required to repay uh, millions of dollars, which not surprisingly had gone missing. Uh, ball is still in your court, Mr. Westergaard, to disclose and return money. Second is uh, Eric Sprout, who was also involved promoting, although not convicted of anything illegal, he needs to disclose and help return money. I would say, in my opinion, even if it means selling personal assets and the Lurushe property, to get it right. And as a witness to the mission and uh, church community and to the world at large. In addition, youth with a mission, Lauren Cunningham, uh, Darlene Cunningham, Lynn Green, Jim Steyer, Tom Hallis, John Dawson, Ian Muir, and YWAM leaders and staff around the world. I'm especially looking at Lynn Green, Ian Muir, and John Dawson, who signed uh, the letter of dismissal, accusing me of things like having some type of psychological disorder and not, not really going after the fraud that was going on, but rather focusing on alleged uh, issues with me, and then discrediting me internationally through an email to all Y1 leaders and bases and stuff around the world. So get it right, repent if you need to, and come clean, you guys. You can do it. Let's see your best selves emerge. Also, Mercy Ships, Donovan Palmer, Don Stevens, his president, and then other uh, officers, current and former, Myron Ullman, Rosa uh, Whitaker, Francoise Andre, Ian McCall, Peter Schultz and others. You know what we're talking about because it's been out there in public and we've written letters. What was this one or rather $3 million transaction about and how were you involved? Was the Oak Foundation involved? What's this money about? And just come clean and verify what that's about and how Mercy Ships was affected. Also Youth for Christ, uh, Gordon Rendell, John Duncan, Larry Williams, We've written these people. We've interacted with them. Some of their responses have been helpful, but not complete. Paul Lutke also more recently has written some helpful in, um, some helpful research and written some uh, personal responses to us, but it's not complete. Almost getting there, but the main question continues to be, what was the YFC address and name doing on some of the major correspondence between NCI via Eric Sprout and uh, investors or potential investors. That's really not clear what was going on and can you verify how that even came to be and what was about. And frankly, if Youth for, Youth for Christ, you need to talk to Eric Sprout about it and get his detailed account, then do it. That'd be great. Crossroads Church in Fairnaval, Terre, France. We've contacted Larry Lloyd and Ian Rudder, and we think that former members, elders, and so on, and current ones would do well to say what happened with regards to NCI in our congregation, 
how we were affected and who. And it's not too late, even though at the time it would have been great to rally together and help in the governmental investigations and aid victims. It's not too late to come to terms with this and to uh, research and then disclose what was really going on, who was involved and who was affected. Okay, well, thank you for listening and thank you for praying for this situation, this protracted case of fraud and cover up. Please pray for me. Pray for Michelle. I'm fasting primarily. Michelle will fast a couple days. All of us join for the fast if you can, especially on the 9th of December, which is International Anti Corruption Day, and the 20th of December, which is International Human Solidarity Day. Until the next podcast, thank you very much for your support, for your prayers. And remember, take a stand, speak up. Live in integrity.